0: Hey, welcome to the Project Church podcast. My name is Caleb Cole, I'm the lead pastor here at Project Church in downtown Sacramento. And we're so glad that you came to hear this word. We believe this is gonna encourage you, build you up, and give you life. So get ready to receive a message from God. Good to see you. Uh, If you're new, my name is Caleb and this is my wife Chrissy. We're going to tag team today, is that all right? Tag team back again.
1: We're tag teaming, but we are also dressed alike.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We said let's wear all black for Vision Sunday. Uh, So I want to ask you a question to kind of kick off today. I want to ask you, what has shook you at your core over the last year? Like, is there anything in your life, I want you to think about it, that has really shook you? I know there's been moments in my life through the years where I had experiences. Some of them were good experiences, but it shook me. Some of them were difficult experiences, but it shook me. And we are in a moment, I think, if you look out uh, at our world, you, you drive around our city, you turn on the news, where it feels like there's a shaking happening. And I would say there's a shaking happening in the church, Like the old ways of doing things, of doing church, uh, are being stripped down. Even old leaders are being removed. If you look, it's happening all around the country right now. And really, a lot of the old models of the church are being ripped away and stripped away, and there's something new that's being birthed. And yet, when there's a shaking that happens, how many of you know you can feel like you're on unsteady ground, like you're losing your footing. Maybe you walked through a very difficult year this year, and it just felt like the ground beneath you is shaking, and you, you couldn't stand firm. Well, today we want to share with you the vision for 2024, um, the word which you saw on the screen a moment ago, which is kingdom. Everybody say kingdom. And so our word for the year in 2024 is kingdom. And we believe that there is a shaking happening, but that the kingdom of God is something that is always steady ground. But we believe God is wanting us to build something through Project Church as we build his kingdom in a new way in 2024 than we've ever done. And I believe you're supposed to be a part of it. And so we're gonna jump into the word here together.
1: Before we jump in, I wanted to give you a little bit of context. Hebrews 12, 24 through 29. And I need you to understand what Hebrews is all about. Hebrews, that whole book is talking to us about how there was an old covenant, kind of like Caleb was saying, that there is an old way of doing things. There's an old way of um, doing church. There was an old way of becoming, um, having a close relationship with God, the only way you had access to God was through an old covenant. But with Jesus, somebody say Jesus. Jesus. The message every single Sunday at Project Church is Jesus. But when Jesus comes, there's a new covenant that's established. And that's yep. one of grace and mercy. It doesn't require you to do anything that we did in the tabernacle. The veil has been torn, and now Jesus is is the new covenant, it is the superior covenant, and it is the covenant that we get to establish with, that God has established with the people of the New Testament. So that's what we're talking about. Here, let's pick it up. Verse 24, chapter 12. And to Jesus, everybody say Jesus. Jesus. The mediator of a new covenant, and to the sprinkled blood that speaks a better word. Somebody say better. better than the blood of Abel. Verse 25, see that you do not refuse him who is speaking. For if they did not escape when they refused him who warned them on earth, much less will we escape if we reject him who warns from heaven. At that time, his voice shook For our God is a consuming fire.
0: Yes, so you you just heard this text and this idea that God is establishing a kingdom that cannot be shaken. And that is what He has done on this earth. And I believe there is a shaking that's happening of models and ways of doing uh, church, even as followers of Christ, this consumeristic mindset that has entered into the American church. And I think that that has been shaken so that God could sift us and bring us back to the kingdom that isn't shaken and the kind of church that he wants us to look like. And so what we want to do today is we want to share with you a vision for the kingdom. All right, a vision of what the kingdom must look like and this kingdom through Project Church and thus this kingdom through you. Everybody say, me. Me. So here we go. A vision for the kingdom must be, number one, it must be grateful. Do we have any grateful people in here? Like you're just thankful. You're blessed. I know some of you were shook this year. You went through some stuff. You are shooketh, as they say. You went through some things this year, and you were shook but I'm thankful and grateful that I'm still standing. Some of you are only still standing here by the grace of God. You're only still alive by the grace of God. You're only still pursuing Jesus because of the grace of God. It says, therefore, let us be grateful for receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. God may be shaking some old models, some old ways of doing things, uh, breaking off some of the wrong thinking of the American church, but what cannot be shaken is the heavenly kingdom. He said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And I'm thankful that the American church, though we've had our issues, that God is doing a new thing right now and we're seeing growth. We're seeing it right now in the American church like never before in this last year. There are testimonies after testimonies of churches that are pursuing the presence of God, and we're going to get there, that are pursuing the presence of God, that are experiencing growth like they've never experienced. And we're one, of those. We had a banner year, church, and uh, the the best giving year in our history, the best attendance year in our history, the most outreaches in our history. Why? Because God has been shaking us, but the kingdom of God cannot be shaken. He's been changing us and molding us and moving us. Man, I was thinking about being shook because uh, I remember when Chrissy and I first got together. Can I take you back? Can I take us back to two? 2000 and what was it? Seven, eight. 2008. 2008. Y'all remember 2008? This was a while ago. 2008. I was living in Massachusetts. Chrissy was living in Missouri, and uh, we went to college together. But we we weren't like we didn't date in college. We just knew each other, had some friends. She actually went on a date with my brother before she ever went out with me. If you guys are wondering, Um, we don't talk about it much, but it's the truth. And,
1: I, I, and so he never, t-
0: okay. I don't think I've ever told our church that. <laughs> I've never told our church that, but it's all good. Uh, the, the better brother won. <laughs> this one isn't online and he's not here. But, uh, but I'm, I'm playing. I gotta get, okay, we're okay. We're here. Get back to the story. So. We we go our separate ways. I'm living in Massachusetts. I'm a youth pastor. Chrissy's in Missouri. She's running a nonprofit that she has started with some friends. And we reconnected. And so we started talking and it it was all long distance. And then we set up a trip for her to come visit. And let me tell you, the expectation was high. I mean, I was excited. I felt like this was the woman of my dreams. This was the woman that I was going to marry. Like I was already dead set, but we hadn't really been together in person. And so the day comes for her to fly out to see me. And I mean, I am giddy. I have butterflies. My heart is beating. My hands are sweating. <laughs> uh, uh, and, and, The time comes, we're about an hour before her plane is supposed to land, and she calls me, and she says, Caleb, I just wanted to let you know I missed my flight, and so I'm not sure when I'm going to get there, and at this point, I am shooketh, okay? I am shook because I'm actually thinking she doesn't want to come see me. Like for a moment, it crossed my mind, she was so terrified uh, or or she had such cold feet or didn't, that last minute was like, I don't know if I want to be around this guy or be with this guy that I literally had all these things go. I'm like, it's over. It's not happening. I mean, I was truly shook, but thankfully she caught a later flight and showed up and the rest is history. So why did you miss that flight?
1: I didn't think we were gonna have a Kelsey session with our church this morning, but uh, I may have been a little nervous. I had to dog sit for a family and I had a lot more to do that morning than I expected. So I was a little, I was just running late.
0: <laughs> she literally was late and missed her flight. <laughs> um, but, but I and say all you. this to say, I'm grateful that she made her way a few hours later and arrived. And I think today, as we talk about this idea of a vision for the kingdom, we need a church that is grateful. Like not a church that is cynical, that is critical, not a church that has cold feet and afraid to show up where God wants us to show up. But in gratefulness, we go where God wants us to go. In gratefulness, we step out in faith where God tells us uh, to step out. And so for us, this last year, we had a great. I mean, so many great things happening. And then God brought the South Sac campus um, our way. This other church that was struggling, they'd lost their pastor. Uh, They were down to 30 people. And they approached us about taking them on as a campus. Now, this was one of those moments where, It didn't make sense practically because of the cost, the amount of people, everything. But in the gratefulness of our hearts, we felt like God was telling us to step out in faith. And he was saying, I've given you everything you need. Uh, You can, by faith, step out and do this. And so we're excited to let you know We raised an amazing amount of money at the end of the year through the miracle offering. Thank you for giving. And so we are right now, we've already begun to spend the money um, as we're investing $50,000 into that campus to make it look more like what is our culture and and fits our DNA. And in just a few weeks, the beginning of March, we're having the grand opening in South Sac. So I just wanted us to, in gratefulness, to praise God right now for that he gave us another campus. Come on, let's give God some praise. And I want you to be praying because we know that um, while we've, and just to kind of update you, we've been running over there on a Sunday now between 100 and 130 every week. And so, which is incredible. Yes, praise God, I'm grateful. But we know that this is the beginning. We wanna see this com- this uh, church reach that community more, serve that community more. We're gonna talk about some of the things we're gonna be doing over there here in a moment. Uh, but but I need you in gratefulness to continue to pray for that campus as we continue to see God reach Sacramento, uh, uh, an area of town that needs a church, that's going to serve it and love it and minister to it. And so I'm grateful for the doors God has opened for us.
1: Yeah. So a vision for the kingdom must be grateful, but we can say that we're grateful to we're blue in the face, especially in a setting like this. Yeah. Are you grateful? Oh, I'm grateful. And we'll raise our hand and we will, we'll will shout it from the rooftops, shout it from the rooftops. Anybody? They, oh, okay.
0: I'm ready to go. Thank you, I'm you. grateful
1: for my husband. But here's the thing, we can say it all day long, but our response to being grateful has got to be the second point today. We've gotta to be worshipful. We can say that we're grateful, but our actions have to Reflect our gratitude. And here's the thing. Can I tell you this? And I know you already know this. I'm gonna reiterate this and we're gonna continue to reiterate this as long as we are in existence that worship is not just worship because there's a band behind us. Worship is not just music. Worship is not just the, the, I don't even listen to the station, but it's the station, K-Love, K-Love. That's not worship. That's, I mean, it's, it's worship, but that's, Music is not what makes us worshipful. I love the lyric of a song, and it's about the altar, and it says, my life is an altar. My song will be my sacrifice. The sacrifices that you make in your life every day is the song that you sing to the Lord. The things that you devote to the Lord, the things that you lay down at his feet is a spiritual act of worship, Romans 12. So what are you doing to worship God? What are you sacrificing? It's not worship unless there's a sacrifice. Yeah. And if our life is an altar, we should be making sacrifices. This isn't something where Christy's saying, twisting your arm, be like, make a sacrifice, give sacrificially. This is not a manipulative moment. This is a moment where we say, this is what worship is. Worship requires a sacrifice. And I want my life to be a living sacrifice. I want the song that my life sings, bring, burn an incense that goes up to the throne room. That is a sweet aroma in his throne. Yeah. At his throne, at his feet. So, what are you giving to the Lord? We want to provide opportunities as the leaders of this church for you to worship God. I do think that it's your own decision, but if we're not doing our job, if we're not equipping you with opportunities to make your life a spiritual act of worship. And so, this year, we want to do more for Sacramento projects than ever before. We want to do monthly feedings in South Sac and Old Sac. We want to um, have a storage here in Old Sac where we can store food and groceries for the people who have needs, okay? I mean, there's so many people, if you come down Front Street, there is need. There's so many people walking into our coffee shop, walking in and around our porch, and there is a need. We wanna have a storage in Old Sacramento where we can say we have something to fulfill the needs that you have. There's felt needs here all around us. We see it every day. And also we wanna continue to have a a, a strong relationship with Convoy of Hope. They're feeding 500,000 kids a day, right? It's 500,000 kids a day throughout the world and we wanna be a part of what God is doing. Our worship can't just be a sacrifice that makes us feel good about ourselves. Our worship must be a sacrifice that is partnered with what God has asked us to do. If it's not something that God has asked us to do, then our sacrifices are vain. So I just want to let you know, this is what God is doing in his church. These are the opportunities that we want to present to you so that you can make your life a spiritual act of worship. Let's give, let's sacrifice. Let's give our time. Let's give our money. Let's give our talents. Let's give it to the Lord because we want real worship. We want A real worship that doesn't just make us feel good on Sunday mornings after the music is legit, the fog machine's going, the the bass is going, it's making your heartbeat. That is not what we're going after. We're going after real worship that gives glory to our King.
0: Yeah, and it's not something we just wanna do. It's something that God is opening doors for. Um, In fact, there's a a couple that own a building down the street in Old Sac, and we had connected with them, and they just recently um, opened their basement to where we can now store food in their basement every single uh, week ongoing so that we can be taking the food because we don't have storage here. That's one of our issues. Uh, We have a few closets downstairs that are full of our stuff. And so they have agreed uh, right down the street, just a couple blocks away, to let us store all the food in there. And Convoy of Hope opened their distribution center by the airport just uh, in July. And so we're partnering with them. Alex is coordinating new Four Sacramento projects. And because of your generosity, we're right now in the process of purchasing a Four Sacramento box truck that our church will own so that we can transport food uh, to and from uh Convoy of Hope's distribution center to this location to store food, to feed here, and to feed in South Sac. And so thank you guys for your generosity because of it. God's opening doors. We're able to do more. So we're excited to be rolling out all those projects coming over these next few months. Alex is working hard. She was up here earlier, and uh, she's getting us ready for them. Uh, the, The next part of this vision for the kingdom, we know that it must be full of wonder and awe. And that's what this text said in Hebrews here. It it, it told us, it, it spoke to us. It says, let us offer to God acceptable worship, which Chrissy was just talking about. And it says, with reverence and with awe. And I just believe that one of the things that God is shaking in the church right now is there is a reverence and an awe for the presence of God that is coming back into the American church. Like there is a reverence and an awe for his presence that says, God, we don't wanna go out there without that. We don't wanna go to our job without your presence. We don't wanna approach our wife or our marriage or our kids without your presence. And what I'm seeing is there is an awe and a reverence that is hitting the church right now and hitting our church right now for his presence that I believe is gonna change us. It's changing how we live, it's changing how we operate, it's changing our church services. You're probably already experiencing it uh, more and more every week. It's like, man, there's a a reverence uh, for the presence that's here, why? Because it's something that we're cultivating. And so we wanna be a church And the vision for the kingdom of God being built is that this would be a house full of wonder and awe. What does Matthew 18, 3 tell us? It says, and and Jesus said, truly I say to to you, unless you turn and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. And so what is the challenge to us? Like, what, what do the disciples do to Jesus? They're like, get the children away from him. He's busy. He's got ministry to accomplish. Like, this is the Messiah. This is the Savior. And Jesus says what? He says, let the children come unto me. And then he goes on and tells the disciples. He says, listen, if you are going to enter the kingdom of heaven, you must become like little children. I love my kids because they're still at, they're still the age where they're like in awe of us. often. Like the other day, my son was just talking to me about my high school and college basketball career. And there was like an awe, like, Dad, tell me about, what's it like when you dunk? And I'm like, son, let me tell you, when I used to dunk on people's heads. And so, so there's this like awe and wonder, even as children at earthly parents, how much more with us, if we come to God as little children once again, will the awe and wonder enter back into our hearts for His presence? And I think some of you have become comfortable with church. You become comfortable with God. You become comfortable, and it's just like, I'm just going through the motions of of church on Sunday mornings, and, and your life doesn't have wonder and awe. Here's what I believe God is calling us to. He wants to shake us to become like children, Once again, to humble ourselves, to lower ourselves, to elevate God and say, I want the wonder and awe at the presence. Like what if you came in here on Sunday mornings and there was a wonder and awe in your hearts? I'm telling you right now, that expectation will allow you to receive so much more. Then if you come in here and go, oh, I wonder if Kayla's going to share a good word today or a mid word, or if it's going to be like a, a weak word. No, no, come in with awe and wonder as a little child that says, I get to be in the presence of God. I get to be in the house of God and watch what he does in your life and in this place. So here's what we're, we're calling our church to. We're calling us to be kingdom builders. You know, a lot of you have built a lot of things. And I've talked to you about this. You've built businesses. You've built lives. uh, You've built jobs. You've moved up the corporate ladder. All those things are great. They are. But ultimately, God wants you here to build his kingdom. That's why we believe so much in the local church. Because this is how we build the kingdom of God. That we come together as a body of believers. And and sometimes people will say to me, they'll be like, well, you you can do church like wherever. Uh, We're now the tabernacle. I preached it last week, didn't I? I'm like, you're the tabernacle. You house the Holy Spirit. So you can do church at home on your own and you can do church like in your car. And that's all true. It is. But God is also a God of spaces. Yeah. Do you hear me? Like, yes. You are tabernacles of the Holy Spirit. And yes, God meets you where you are, but also God is still a God of spaces. I mean, look at the church in Acts. They would come daily to the temple to worship. That's why I always say this is important because while we can in- God's presence on our own and in our cars and while we're driving, there is something unique about coming together and gathering as a body of believers because God meets us in a special unique way. Why? Because God cares about spaces like this. And so, yes, you're a tabernacle. Yes, you can meet Jesus wherever you are. But yes, he also wants you in spaces like this together with other bodies of believers where he builds the kingdom through our unity. And his presence encounters us all at the same time, often in the same way. And we leave here changed, but in unity together. And so we're calling us to be kingdom builders, church. I'm calling you to prioritize the house of God. And that means to prioritize your giving to God. And so this is a challenge to us coming out of the best year of generosity of our church and and, and the best year financially for our church. Some people will say, you don't even got to talk about it. Yes, I do. Because I have to remind you that this is a place that God builds his kingdom and he wants you to seed into it. And so this year we're calling you kingdom builders and we're going to actually have an option and opportunity for you to give towards specific projects throughout the year that will be kingdom builder projects. And we can't wait to see what God does through us. Let's prioritize this space. You're a tabernacle. He meets you where you are, but he cares about spaces like this, and his presence meets us together.
1: You know, one thing that our kids are also obsessed with, um, not just Caleb's basketball career, but (laughs) our oldest asks us probably every couple times a week, how much money do you guys make? (laughs) He does. They're obsessed with how much money we have in our bank account. And I know that part of it is because they know that they're gonna get something if we have it, you know? If we can provide it, they're gonna get something. Now, what if we, as the children of God, were reminded of how much God has for us? if we were reminded that he owns it all, he has more than enough, because I feel like we talk about, yeah, give to the church, and then I think the human nature in us, even the unhealed parts of us, we go, and we have a scarcity mindset, and we say, let's let's hold it all in, let's rein it in, but my kids, they want for nothing, and it's because they think that we have more than we do. But can I tell you, God actually has more than we can think or imagine. Can we come to God and when we give to his kingdom, say, wow, we're adding to what he already has. What can he do with my little? Can we be in awe and wonder of what God can do through what we give because he has so much. He is the king of the kingdom. And we can seed into a kingdom that there is plentiful. But what can he do with the little that I have I want to be in awe and wonder of what God can do yeah and finally I want to be consumed by the king I want to be consumed by the king of the kingdom a vision for the kingdom must be consumed by him listen last year we said that the presence of God is the priority of this house when the presence of God was the priority of the house we weren't just going to say it we were going to provide opportunities for us to practice the presence of God. So we have prayer rooms Tuesday mornings at six, Wednesdays at noon, Thursdays at seven, and I believe that we're gonna have more prayer rooms popping up because there's gonna be more of an appetite for it in this house. If we start hungering for the presence of God, then our appetite is gonna grow and we're gonna have more prayer rooms. I'm gonna just say it right now. If you feel led that I'm gonna be here because I know the staff is coming here on Tuesdays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, what if I fill one on their Sabbath day on Fridays? What if I do one on a Saturday morning because I know that there's more people who are available to be in the presence of God on Saturday mornings? I believe that God is gonna start raising up people and we are gonna double down on the presence of God and providing spaces for Him to be pursued. If we are consumed by the Father, if we are consumed by the King of the kingdom, then we're going to make His presence our priority. And you know what? We've already seen it happen this last month. And I really have, I know that you've provided these opportunities, but we're gonna have more ministry time, even in our services. I mean, we have got to make space for the Holy Spirit. If we... If he's a God of spaces, then we're gonna make more space for him. If we are gonna make more space for him, that means we're even gonna do it when we have a perfectly ordered service that ends at a perfect time so you can pick up your kids, go get your parking or your car out of the parking garage. We are gonna sometimes disrupt that. We're also gonna, we're gonna honor your time and we're gonna remind you while ministry time is going, go get your kids because they do have to, you know, you know, we, we have to, uh, makes room for people and people need to leave, but we also wanna disrupt some things. I think God is calling some of us to be disruptors of the status quo, disruptors of what's comfortable, disruptors, the presence of God. If it is our priority, then we're gonna move where it moves, when it moves. Can we make His presence the priority? 2 Chronicles 16, 9. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to give strong support to those whose heart is blameless toward Him. You have done foolishly in this, for from now on you will have wars. Oh, Jesus, who does not want any more wars in their life? And here's the thing. It's not like, if I do this, then I then I will not have wars. No, if you prioritize the presence, God will sanctify you. God will, he will put you in alignment with his thoughts. He will put your priorities in the right place and you will be standing righteous before him because he, in his presence, purifies you, cleanses you, sanctifies you, justifies you. We're not going to the prayer rooms because we're saying, look, God, I spent more time with you. No, we're going in there so that God can wreck us and change us and sometimes leave us undone. Are you so consumed by by the power of God, the fire of God that purifies us and sanctifies us? Are you consumed by him? He is jealous for you. I remember hearing Oprah Winfrey years ago. She said, oh, says that he's jealous of us. I don't know if I could serve somebody who is jealous of us and she totally got it wrong. God is not jealous of us. He's jealous for us and you think about this concept of jealousy. It's like, oh, this is such an awful thing. No, the perfect God who is pure in all of his ways, his jealousy is so pure. It's so righteous. He is jealous for you. Why not be consumed by a God that is for you, not against you? Why not be consumed by a God who wants to give you peace, who wants to remove the wars from your life, who wants to invade your space so that he can reign reign in your heart and your life will be peacemaking. Your life will be a blessing to others. Your life will be full of gratitude. Your life will be a model that others say, what do you have on your life I want it to?
0: I was thinking about, even as you were talking, Chrissy, the disciples, they watched Jesus' life. They spent three years with Jesus. I mean, almost every moment of every day with Jesus. And after all that, after everything they saw, everything they witnessed, everything Jesus did, they asked him, Jesus, teach us how to pray. That was their request. It wasn't teach us how to preach. It wasn't teach us how to heal. It was teach us how to pray. And Jesus told them that everything flows from that. What I believe is, is that testament to, or uh, what that is a testament to, is that they saw how incredible Jesus' prayer life was, and as a result, they saw the power flow through him, and so I just feel like we're in a moment right now where where consumer Christianity has been the norm, and we have encouraged you And a lot of you have come in here on Sundays and been like, afterwards, like, Caleb, thanks for the message, it was so encouraging. Now encouragement's good, don't get me wrong. But I'm done leading, and we're done leading a church that just leaves people feeling encouraged. Like we want to leave a church that le- lead a church that leaves people feeling undone in His presence, that says, "I can do nothing apart from him. I'm nothing without him. I need more of his power, more of his presence. I want to pray more, I want to read His word more. I want his presence more. Because if we just keep going through this life just encouraged, I'm telling you we will not build the kingdom in the way God has called us to build it. We could even fill this room over and over with a bunch of encouraged people. But I don't believe that's what God wants for us. I don't believe that's what God has for us. I believe God is looking for a remnant, a set-apart, righteous, holy people that will go out into the world with the kingdom of God in their hearts and souls, knowing that they are here to build it. You're not here to build Your dream. Some of you right now actually need to go to God and say, God, what is your dream? What is your dream for my life? We wanna lead a church that is consumed by the King. Here's what it says. Right after they ask him, teach us how to pray, and he gives them the Lord's Prayer. And it's a great template for how to pray. In the Lord's Prayer, he says something. He says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And that struck me coming into today. This idea of your kingdom come. Can I tell you where the kingdom comes? The kingdom comes where it's wanted. The kingdom comes where it's desired. The kingdom comes where it's pursued. The presence of God shows up where he is wanted. And so we can't just pray that and not live it. And so today we want to close this moment, this time, this service by saying, your kingdom come through us. Make us undone, make us consumed and passionate with you, Lord. Nothing else, not an encouraged church, but an undone, passionate presence-driven, presence-pursuing church. That's what he has for us, church. And this is how we will build the kingdom the way God wants us to build it. So would you bow your heads with us across this room? I want to give an opportunity because I think there may be someone in here who's been running from God. And as Christy and I stand up here together, We never want to miss an opportunity for someone to meet Jesus because I think there may be someone in here and you hearing about building the kingdom and and hearing about being undone in the presence of the King, you know you have not made Jesus the King of your life. You have not surrendered fully, wholeheartedly to Jesus. And so if that's you in this place, you've been running from God, you turned your back on God, you tried it your way, you tried all the things of this world and they've all left you feeling empty and wanting. And today you're ready to surrender wholeheartedly, fully to Jesus, the Savior, Jesus, the Lord. I want you to respond right now by just lifting your hand. Would you just shoot it up if that's you? I see your hand. Thank you. I see your hand. Thank you. You can put them down. I see that hand. Thank you. Would you pray this with me, church? Everyone here say, Jesus, today I ask you to forgive me, to change me. I want to be undone. I want to make you my king, my Lord, my savior. And so Jesus, I confess you with my mouth and I believe in my heart that you are who you said you are. I love you, Jesus. I pray all this in your name. Amen, amen. Would you stand your feet with us, church?